Book Sixteen, Part Two of the Iliad of Homer, rendered into English blank verse by Edward Earl of Derby. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Your reader, Michael Armenta. As near the champions drew. Patroclus first his weapon hurled, and Thrasymedes brave, the faithful follower of Sarpedon, struck below the waist, and slacked his limbs in death. Thrown in his turn, Sarpedon's glittering spear flew wide, and Pedasus, the gallant horse, through the right shoulder wounded. With a scream he fell, and in the dust breathed forth his life, as, shrieking loud, his noble spirit fled. This way and that his two companions swerved, creaked the strong yoke, and tangled were the reins, as in the dust the prostrate courser lay. Atomedon the means of safety saw, and drawing from beside his brawny thigh his keen-edged sword. With no uncertain blow cut loose the fallen horse. Again set straight, the two extended stretched the tightened rein. Again in mortal strife the warriors closed. Once more Sarpedon hurled his glittering spear. In vain. Above Patroclus's shoulder flew the point, innocuous. From his hand in turn, the spear not vainly thrown, Sarpedon struck, where lies the diaphragm, below the heart. He fell, as falls an oak, or poplar tall, or lofty pine which on the mountain-top for some proud ship the woodman's axe hath hewn, so he, with death-cry sharp, before his car extended lay, and clutched the blood-stained soil. As when a lion on the herd has sprung, and mid the heifers seized, the lordly bull lies bellowing, crushed between the lion's jaws, so by Patroclus slain, the Lycian chief, undaunted still, his faithful comrade called. Good Glaucus, warrior tried, behooves thee now thy spearmanship to prove, and warlike might. Welcome the fray, Put forth thine utmost speed. Call on the Lycian chiefs on every side to press around, and for Sarpedon fight. Thou too thine arms for my protection wield, for I to thee, through all thy future days, shall be a ceaseless scandal and reproach if me thus slain before the Grecian ships the Greeks be suffered of my arms to spoil. But stand thou fast, 
and others courage raise thus as he spoke the shades of death o'erspread his eyes and nostrils them with foot firm set upon his chest patroclus from the corpse drew by main force the fast adhering spear the life forth issuing from the weapon's point loosed from the royal car the snorting steeds eager for flight the myrmidons detained deep grieving glaucus heard his voice and chafed his spirit within him that he lacked the power to aid his comrade with his hand he grasped his wounded arm in torture from the shaft by teucer's shot to save the greeks from death as on he pressed to scale the lofty wall then to apollo thus addressed his prayer hear me great king who as on lycia's plains art here in troy and hear'st in every place their voice who suffer as i suffer now a grievous wound i bear and sharpest pangs my arm assail nor may the blood be staunched the pain weighs down my shoulder and my hand hath lost its power to fight or grasp my spear sarpedon bravest of the brave is slain the son of jove yet jove preserved him not but thou o king this grievous wound relieve assuage the pain and give me strength to urge my lycian comrades to maintain the war and fight myself to guard the noble dead thus as he prayed his prayer apollo heard assuaged his pains and from the grievous wound staunched the dark blood and filled his soul with strength glaucus within himself perceived and knew rejoicing that the god had heard his prayer the lycian leaders first on every side he urged to hasten for their king to fight then mid the trojans went with lofty steps and first to panthous's son polydamus to brave agenor and aeneas next then hector of the brazen helm himself approaching thus with winged words addressed hector forgetst thou quite thy brave allies who freely in thy cause pour forth their lives far from their home and friends but they from thee no aid receive sarpedon lies in death the leader of the bucklered lycian bands whose justice and whose power were lycia's shield him by patroclus's hand hath mars subdued but friends stand by me now 
with just revenge inspired determine that the myrmidons shall not how grieved soe'er for all the greeks who by our spears beside the ships have fallen our dead dishonour and his arms obtain he said and through the trojans thrilled the sense of grief intolerable unrestrained for he though stranger-born was of the state a mighty pillar and his followers a numerous host and he himself in fight among the foremost so against the greeks with fiery zeal they rushed by hector led grieved for sarpedon's loss on the other side patroclus's manly heart the greeks aroused and to the ajaces first themselves inflamed with warlike zeal he thus addressed his speech ye sons of ajax now is come the time your former fame to rival or surpass a man hath fallen who first o'erleaped our wall sarpedon now remains that having slain we should his corpse dishonour and his arms strip off and should some comrade dare attempt his rescue him too with our spears subdue he said and they with martial ardour fired rushed to the conflict when on either side the reinforced battalions were arrayed trojans and lycians myrmidons and greeks around the dead in sternest combat met with fearful shouts and loud their armour rang then to enhance the horror of the strife around his son with darkness jove o'erspread the stubborn fight the trojans first drove back the keen-eyed greeks for first a warrior fell not of the meanest mid the myrmidons epigeus son of valiant agacles who in budium's thriving state bore rule erewhile but flying for a kinsman slain to peleus and the silver-footed queen he came a suppliant with achilles thence to ilium sent to join the war of troy him as he stretched his hand to seize the dead full on the forehead with a massive stone great hector smote within the ponderous helm the skull was split in twain prone on the corpse he fell by life-destroying death subdued grieved was patroclus for his comrade slain forward he darted as a swift-winged hawk that swoops amid the starlings and the daws so swift didst thou patroclus car-born chief 
upon the Trojans and the Lycians spring, thy soul with anger for thy comrade filled. A ponderous stone he hurled at Sthenelus, son of Ithemenes. The mighty mass fell on his neck, and all the muscles crushed. Back drew great Hector and the chiefs of Troy. Far, as a javelin's flight in sportive strife, or in the deadly battle, hurled by one his utmost strength exerting, Back so far the Trojans drew, so far the Greeks pursued. Glaucus, the leader of the Lycian spears, first turning, slew the mighty Bathycles, the son of Calchon. He in Hellas dwelt, in wealth surpassing all the Myrmidons. Him, as he gained upon him in pursuit, quick-turning, Glaucus through the breast transfixed. Thundering he fell. Deep grief possessed the Greeks at loss of one so valiant. Fiercely joyed the Trojans, and around him crowded thick, nor of their wonted valour were the Greeks oblivious, but still onward held their course, then slew Meriones, a crested chief, the bold Laogonus, Onetor's son. Onetor, of Idaean Jove, the priest, and by the people as a god revered. Below the ear he struck him, from his limbs the spirit fled, and darkness veiled his eyes. Then at Meriones, Aeneas threw his brazen spear in hopes beneath his shield to find a spot unguarded. He beheld, and downward stooping shunned the brazen death. Behind him far, deep in the soil and fixed, the weapon stood. There Mars its impulse stayed. So bootless hurled, though by no feeble hand, Aeneas's spear stood quivering in the ground. Then thus in wrath he cried, Meriones, had it but struck thee, nimble as thou art, my spear had brought thy dancing to a close. To whom the spearman skilled, Meriones, brave as thou art, Aeneas, tis too much for thee to hope the might of all to quell who dare confront thee. Thou art mortal too, and if my aim be true, and should my spear but strike thee fair, all valiant as thou art and confident, yet me thy fall shall crown with triumph, and thy soul to Hades send. He said, and him Menetius's noble son addressed with grave rebuke. Meriones, brave warrior, why thus waste the time in words? 
trust me good friend tis not by vaunting speech unseconded by deeds that we may hope to scare away the trojans from the slain hands are for battle words for counsel meet boots it not now to wrangle but to fight he said and led the way him followed straight the godlike chief forthwith as loudly rings amid the mountain forest's deep recess the woodman's axe and far is heard the sound so from the widespread earth their clamours rose as brazen arms and shields and tough bull's hide encountered swords and double-pointed spears nor might the sharpest sight sarpedon know from head to foot with wounds and blood and dust disfigured thickly round the dead they swarmed as when at spring-tide in the cattle-sheds around the milk-cans swarm the buzzing flies while the warm milk is frothing in the pail so swarmed they round the dead nor jove the while turned from the stubborn fight his piercing glance but still looked down with gaze intent and mused upon patroclus's coming fate in doubt if he too there beside sarpedon slain should perish by illustrious hector's hand spoiled of his arms or yet be spared a while to swell the labours of the battlefield he judged it best at length that once again the gallant follower of peleus's son should toward the town with fearful slaughter drive the trojans and their brazen-helmed chief first hector's soul with panic fear he filled mounting his car he fled and urged to flight the trojans for he saw the scales of jove then nor the valiant lycians held their ground all fled in terror as they saw their king pierced through the heart amid a pile of dead for o'er his body many a warrior fell when saturn's son the conflict fierce inflamed then from sarpedon's breast they stripped his arms of brass refulgent these anetius's son sent by his comrades to the ships of greece to phoebus then the cloud compeller thus hie thee good phoebus from amid the spears withdraw sarpedon and from all his wounds cleanse the dark gore then bear him far away and lave his body in the flowing stream then with divine ambrosia all his limbs anointing clothe him 
in immortal robes. To two swift bearers give him then in charge, to sleep and death, twin brothers, in their arms to bear him safe to Lycia's widespread plains. There shall his brethren and his friends perform his funeral rites, and mound and column raise the fitting tribute to the mighty dead. He said, obedient to his father's words, down to the battlefield Apollo sped from Ida's height, and from amid the spears withdrawn, he bore Sarpedon far away, and laved his body in the flowing stream. Then with divine ambrosia, all his limbs anointing, clothed him in immortal robes. To two swift bearers gave him then in charge, to sleep and death, twin brothers. In their arms they bore him safe to Lycia's widespread plains. Then to Atomedon Patroclus gave his orders, and the flying foe pursued. O oh, much deceived, insensate! Had he now but borne in mind the words of Peleus's son, he might have scaped the bitter doom of death. But still Jove's will, the will of man or rules, who strikes with panic, and of victory robs the bravest, and anon excites to war. Who now Patroclus's breast with fury filled? Whom then, Patroclus, first, whom slewest thou last, when summoned by the gods to meet thy doom? Adrastus and Atonous, Perimus, the son of Meges, and Echeclus next, Epistor, Melanippus, Elysus, and Mulius, and Pylartes, these he slew. The others all in flight their safety found. Then had the Greeks the lofty-gated town of Priam, captured by Patroclus's hand, so forward and so fierce he bore his spear. But on the well-built tower Apollo stood, on his destruction bent, and Troy's defence, the jutting angle of the lofty wall, Patroclus thrice assailed. His onset thrice Apollo, with his own immortal hands repelling, Backward thrust his glittering shield. But when again, with more than mortal force, He made his fourth attempt, With awful mien and threatening voice, The far destroyer spoke. Back, back, heaven-born chief, Patroclus, Not to thee hath fate decreed the triumph to destroy the warlike Trojans' city, nor yet to great Achilles, mightier far than thou. Thus as he spoke, Patroclus backward stepped, 
shrinking before the far destroyer's wrath. Still Hector kept before the Sean gates his coursers, doubtful if again to dare the battle throng, or summon all the host to seek the friendly shelter of the wall. Thus, as he mused, beside him Phoebus stood, in likeness of a warrior stout and brave, brother of Hecuba, the uncle thence of noble Hector, Asius, Dimas's son, who dwelt in Phrygia by Sagarius's stream, his form assuming, thus Apollo spoke. Hector, why shrinkst thou from the battle thus? It ill beseems thee, would to heaven that I so far thy greater were as thou art mine then sorely shouldst thou rue this abstinence but forward thou against patroclus urge thy fiery steeds so haply by his death apollo thee with endless fame may crown this said the god rejoined the strife of men and noble hector bade sabriones drive mid the fight his car before him moved apollo scattering terror mid the greeks and lustre adding to the arms of troy all others hector passed unnoticed nor stayed to slay patroclus was the mark at which his coursers clattering hoofs he drove on the other side, Patroclus from his car leaped to the ground. His left hand held his spear, and in the right a ponderous mass he bore of rugged stone that filled his ample grasp. The stone he hurled, not far it missed its mark, nor bootless flew, but Hector's charioteer it struck Sabriones, a bastard son of royal Priam, as the reins he held. Full on his temples fell the jagged mass, drove both his eyebrows in, and crushed the bone. Before him in the dust his eyeballs fell, and like a diver from the well-wrought car headlong he plunged, and life forsook his limbs o'er whom patroclus thus with bitter jest heaven what agility how deftly thrown that somersault if only in the sea such feats he wrought with him might few compete diving for oysters if with such a plunge he left his boat how rough soe'er the waves, as from his car he plunges to the ground. Troy can, it seems, accomplished tumblers boast. Thus saying, on Sobriones he sprang, as springs a lion, through the breast transfixed, in act the sheepfold to despoil, 
and dies the victim of his courage, so didst thou upon Sabryones, Patroclus, spring. Down from his car too Hector leaped to earth. So o'er Sabryones opposed they stood, as on the mountain o'er a slaughtered stag, both hunger-pinched, two lions fiercely fight so o'er sabryones two mighty chiefs menoetius's son and noble hector strove each in the other bent to plunge his spear the head with grasp unyielding hector held patroclus seized the foot and crowding round trojans and greeks in stubborn conflict closed as when encountering in some mountain glen eurus and notus shake the forest deep of oak or ash or slender cornel tree whose tapering branches are together thrown with fearful din and the crash of broken boughs so mixed confusedly Greeks and Trojans fought, no thought of flight by either entertained. Thick o'er Sabryones the javelins flew, and feathered arrows bounding from the string, and ponderous stones that on the bucklers rang, as round the dead they fought, amid the dust that eddying rose, his art forgotten all. A mighty warrior, mightily he lay. While in mid-heaven the sun pursues his course, Thick flew the shafts, and fast the people fell on either side. But when declining day brought on the hour that seized the loosened steers, The Greeks were stronger far, and from the darts and trojan battle-cry sabryones they drew and from his breast his armour stripped fiercely patroclus on the trojans fell thrice he assailed them terrible as mars with fearful shouts and thrice nine foes he slew but when again with more than mortal force his fourth assault he made thy term of life patroclus then approached its final close for phoebus's awful self encountered thee amid the battle throng of thee unseen for thickest darkness shrouded all his form he stood behind and with extended palm dealt on patroclus's neck and shoulders broad a mighty buffet dizzy swam his eyes and from his head apollo snatched the helm clanked as it rolled beneath the horse's feet the visored helm the horsehair plume with blood and dust polluted never till that day was that proud helmet so with dust defiled that wont to deck a godlike chief and guard achilles's noble head 
and graceful brow now by the will of jove to hector given now death was near at hand and in his grasp his spear was shivered ponderous long and tough brass-pointed with its belt the ample shields fell from his shoulders and apollo's hand the royal son of jove his corslet loosed then was his mind bewildered and his limbs gave way beneath him all aghast he stood him from behind a dardan panthous son euphorbus peerless mid the trojan youth to hurl the spear to run to drive the car approaching close beneath the shoulders stabbed he trained to warfare from his car ere this a score of greeks had from their chariots hurled such was the man who thee patroclus first wounded but not subdued the ashen spear he all in haste withdrew nor dared confront patroclus though disarmed in deadly strife back to his comrades sheltering ranks retired from certain death patroclus by the stroke of phoebus vanquished and euphorbus's spear but hector when patroclus from the fight he saw retreating wounded through the ranks advancing smote him through the flank right through the brazen spear was driven thundering he fell and deeply mourned his fall the grecian host as when a lion hath in fight o'erborne a tusked boar and on the mountain top they two have met in all their pride of strength both parched with thirst around a scanty spring and vanquished by the lion's force the boar hath yielded gasping so menoetius's son great deeds achieved at length beneath the spear of noble hector yielded up his life who o'er the vanquished thus exulting spoke patroclus but of late thou madest thy boast to raise our city walls and in your ships to bear away to your far distant land their days of freedom lost our trojan dames fool that thou wast nor knewest in their defence that hector's flying coursers scoured the plain from them the bravest of the trojans i avert the day of doom while on our shores thy flesh shall glut the carrion birds of troy poor wretch though brave he be yet peleus's son availed thee not when hanging back himself with sage advice he sent thee forth to fight come not to me patroclus car-born chief 
nor to the ships return until thou bear the warrior slayer hector's bloody spoils torn from his body such were i suppose his counsels thou poor fool becamest his dupe to whom patroclus thus in accents faint hector <laughs> thou boastest loudly now that jove with phoebus joined hath thee with victory crowned they wrought my death who stripped me of my arms had i to deal with twenty such as thee they all should perish vanquished by my spear me fate hath slain and phoebus and of men euphorbus <laughs> thou wast but the third to strike this tomb i say and bear it in thy mind not long shalt thou survive me death e'en now and final doom hangs o'er thee by the hand of great achilles peleus's matchless son thus as he spoke the gloom of death his eyes o'erspread and to the shades his spirit fled mourning his fate his youth and strength cut off to whom though dead the noble hector thus patroclus why predict my coming fate or who can say but fair-haired thetis's son achilles by my spear may first be slain he said and planting firm his foot withdrew the brazen spear and backward drove the dead from off the weapon's point then spear in hand intent to slay automedon pursued the godlike follower of Aesides but him in safety bore the immortal steeds the noble prize the gods to peleus gave end of book sixteen part two